Welcome to The Curious Leader. In today's episode, I'm joined by Dr. Simon Taylor, a senior leadership consultant at Kaplan UK and formerly a senior lecturer for the British Army at the Royal Military Academy Sandhurst, where he led on leadership design and leadership courses for senior military officers. It's a fascinating interview with Simon as he shares his knowledge and skills of leadership training, both from the military and in the corporate world, uh, where he now primarily works with leaders in the finance sector. It's a really, really interesting um, kind of balance of, of issues between sort of what you would imagine the traditionally military leadership style to be, uh, and also uh, more sort of forward-thinking uh, leadership models around servant leadership. It's really, really interesting. Lots of really good takeaways uh, for people in leadership positions uh, to raise their own leadership game. So here we go with Dr. Simon Taylor. Uh, so, yeah, Simon, thank you very much for, for joining me. Um, I guess the, the first question, and, and it's probably the most important to start off with, is, is how do you actually define leadership? Wow, you know, that's something that's been fought over. But for me, so it's, it's a very personal thing, leadership. But uh, to me, it, it's, it's about getting people to do um, something that they may not inherently want to do. Okay, so you're, you're asking somebody to go one step further. You're asking somebody to, to take a leap where they inherently may not want to take their leap. But behind that, there is a whole stream of things about values, ethics, um, the, the whole psychology piece. But it's often it's about getting somebody to do the right thing on a difficult day. The right thing on a difficult day. And that's, that's tough. tough. That is tough. For sure. And and so following on from that, sort of, you know, that, that talks a little bit about also what good leadership would look like. How how do you recognize good leadership? What does good leadership look like? You know, you're it's interesting you're saying that we're, we're, we're in a pandemic now. And I, I keep telling my clients we will never forget how we've been led during this ever. Uh, and the people who follow us, they'll never forget how we've led them. So. Again, it's a very personal thing about what good leadership looks like, but it's, it's in one element, it's whether you wake up in the morning, okay, at a very basic level, and you look forward to interacting with that individual. That's a really basic thing, but I look forward to being with you. But then there's more to that. You know, are they making the right decisions? You know, are they pushing me? Are they lifting me up? Are they giving me a platform? Do I see a benefit for me? in terms of my life, you know, but also do I see success in what we are doing? All those elements kick in. So on the one hand, it's like really human at the start in terms of like, do I, can I build a relationship with this person? You may not really like them, but is there some sort of relationship that you trust them and I am enjoying this experience? And then after that, it's like, do I see where we're going? You know, the future they're offering me offering the company, the business, et cetera. So to me, that, that's good leadership. Um, and you gotta have both. So you could like wake up in the morning going, I really like this person, I enjoy their experience. But where are we going? What's the point of this? Equally, you might wake up in the morning going, they're really driven, I get where we're going, but I can't confide in them. I don't really trust them. I wouldn't share anything with them. Their values are not my values. 
So yes, they might be heading up that hill. And I might, yes, we can go there and we'll get those figures in Q1. But deep down, they're going, they don't get me and I don't get them. So you've got to have both pieces, if you understand, to me. That's great. And the, the, the word that jumped out to me there that, that really stuck in my mind was the word trust. Mm. So I, I always think of, of trust within leadership as being, you know, one of the, the kind of prerequisites. If, if there's no trust, then I think that the whole piece starts, the sort of the house of cards kind of starts to fall down. How, how, do you, how do you go about kind of building trust with, with the people who are within your responsibility, within your remit? Well, first thing is, you know, it's, do you know your job? Okay, like that, that is such an important thing. I, I work with, a, you know, if you're a numbers person, do you know the numbers? Because we, we, we're judging each other. You know this, we're judging each other in seconds. So if you're, if you're a numbers guy or if you're a surgeon, do you know what you're talking about? Okay, now I'm not saying that a leader needs to have all the answers. That's not what this is about. But are, do you have uh, knowledge in your, your defined array? That's the first thing. So we're judging on that. The next thing is, how connected are we? So the one's competence, but the next one is that we've got this connection. So what's the quality and the depth of that connection? So how often are we speaking? How, mo how much are you willing to share about yourself as a leader? How much am I willing to share with you as the, uh, the, um, the, the team member, the employee, whatever you want to call it? So we, we've got that credibility issue, then we've got that connected issue, you know, and they're tied into that is that level of presence. If we're feeding into that continually, then you're going to start to build trust. But we can, again, it's a bit like my last description, it can all be off kilter. You can be the most um, on point regarding your role. But then on the other hand, you've got to get this connection. We've all been with people where they're cold and we're not speaking enough. So we've got, we've got this gap. Equally, it can be the other way around. We're really connected. You know, yeah, I, I really enjoy your company. I'm willing to share all my stories with you and vice versa. But I've just found out that, you know, I don't know if you're a surgeon, use my last example, and you don't like blood. Whoa, we know I have an issue. So you've got it to me, it's constant jogging to feed into both. And, and so with, with, with those thoughts in mind, what, what's the best example of leadership you've experienced? And that, that could either be through uh, being the leader or through being led. Mm, that's... I've experienced, you know, I'll, give, I'll give you an example. Um, give me an example. I, I was working, uh, I spent a long time working in defense and was working for somebody very senior there. And this person had been promoted above, among, above, above all his peers. And I immediately, I realized I was part of this team. And I realized that must be quite difficult for the individual. Um, and I remember being in a morning meeting and I watched how he treated his, his former peers in a very professional manner, in a, but treated them like everybody else. It made, it, made, made everybody realize that that individual is now the leader and they are willing to step up and they are now the boss. And he was willing to hold them to account. And I think that's a really difficult thing to do when you are promoted inside a team, inside an organization and your head is on the chopping block, that when you turn around and these people you've been jogging with in your career, boom, 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 and all of a sudden, no, you now work for me. That's a tough, a lot of people would really struggle with that. And I watched this happen and I, I thought that's a leader. 
because they're willing to be isolated. Now, don't get me wrong, he, he wasn't being uh, arrogant, he wasn't being rude, but he recognised that he was now in charge and these personal relationships now had to be cut would be a strong word, but managed. That's, and I've never forgotten that. Very powerful. And would you, and if you don't feel comfortable sharing, please say so. Would you feel comfortable sharing an example where you've seen leadership go badly, go wrong? Absolutely. And, you know, it's weird. We always get, we gravitate towards the bad examples, okay? Um, we do. All right, program that way where I go. Well, yeah, we, we, we catastrophize very well, don't we? We're all a bit nuts. We all like to talk about things that go bad. But I'll give you another example. You know, again, and this is, um, this is I, I'm very big. I really believe that it, it, we talk. You were talking about you know what is leadership? Values are the foundation. Like, what do you stand for? If I, you know, you see when you go into a corporate, you, you they have these huge boards that will to say all these values, you know, how we treat people. You see, when you get into the, the guts of the organization, very few purely follow through. Like Uber's a classic example. Uber had all these values like at one stage. Uh, what was called like make magic and, and be super pumped. Like, what does that mean? So no wonder, like, you know, I love like super pumpedness, you know, um, and what was the other, be a toe-stepping. What do these things mean? So no wonder like they ended up in court because it was like everything can go. We can do everything. Uh, and they, they've since changed their values. So, but values are really important. You've got to be willing to practice what you preach. And they give you this example. I remember again, it was, sorry, it is a military example of um, um, the person in there, the commanding officer sacking a, a couple of people because they were having relationships. You know, relationships within the military, you only allow allowed to have them in certain circumstances and you can't have them with a junior person in the same organization for obvious reasons you know that you know that can really affect the chain of command if you start having a personal relationship equally it can be perceived as an abuse of power so he sacks a couple of people and quite rightly so but he was doing the same thing so the the effect on that organization that not in the civilian world he wasn't doing anything illegal in the civilian world, they would probably call it office shenanigans. But in the military world, in the code, it was. Uh, and I've never forgotten that, how powerful it was and the, um, and the effect it had on that organization. It split it. It was no longer effective. It couldn't go anywhere, do anything. Because you'd, you'd taken somebody who'd been very dynamic, a real force within the organization. You really looked up to him. You went, whoa, you were doing what they were doing. And now you doubt everything. You doubt everything you've ever been told, everything you've ever trusted in. Now in the military world, and that unit is no longer combat effective. So if you take that to the sports world, we've seen these. Now be very clear, his transgression was not illegal. You know, there wasn't, uh, but it broke the values of, of, of the organization. Um, and look, in my, in my, in my belief, when a leader gets things wrong, from my experience, if you're humble, people are forgiving. You know, we, we, we screw up processes, numbers, presentations, things work. You know, leaders are human like everybody else. They need to give themselves a break. 
but a break in the value system that is something totally different and it is very deep and you don't recover from that fascinating and obviously we we're recording this in quite a weird time for the world um and it's certainly i would think a lot of leaders have had to pivot quite dramatically in in the last sort of six nine months how do you see the future of leadership shaping up Look, first of all, let me say that leadership is tough. See this, it's, people use that word in such a glib way. Like you get this, like it is so, so tough. You know, you will have sleepless nights. You will feel lonely. You will feel isolated. Um, you'll wonder at times what you're doing is right. And those are all very normal things. Then we throw in the pandemic and post-pandemic, what does that look like? And for leaders, it's going to be the biggest challenge is, is how do we grow, maintain the team when it's, we are completely distributed, when we are completely divorced from each other? Right now, you have organizations that in the last six months if you, you know, are onboarding, taking in grads, and they're not in an office yet. They spent the first six months of their career at home in their bedrooms, on their laptops. How, are, how is a leader going to um, bring them into the culture of, of that business. It's extremely difficult. All, all the little touch points, like if you think about all the little things you learn when you're standing at a photocopier, at a water cooler, when you're making a cup of coffee, when you're walking past somebody in an office, all that's gone. When you're worried about something, you pick up a piece of paper and go, here, help me with it. All that's gone. So as a leader, it's like, how are you going to maintain that connection? How are you going to build that trust? How are you going to get them to feed into the culture that you want, the value system that you believe in? Um, so the, and it's, it, this is going to be tough. Um, so you have a cohort of people who are getting used to it and you're bringing in new people now. But, so that's new hires. But what about the leader? Like, say you just take over an organization. Very tough. Getting to know your people. So to me, it's that, it's that connection, the sharing of informal knowledge, those touch points, they're all gone. So you gotta replace it somehow. Fantastic. And so I guess the, the follow-up from that then is, is you know, if, if you could give two or three kind of key leadership lessons from your experience militarily, commercially, what would be the three key lessons you'd like to share with, with our future leaders? pretty deep so it's but it's a, so the first thing is so if you're moving from a, if a, a what i would call like a micro where you're used to that one-to-one -one low level engagement you're moving up you got to drop your emotional commitment when you're used to working one-to-one -one to people and i find this as you move up you gotta you gotta be willing to think bigger and you gotta be willing to drop your emotional commitment to the individual you're now in charge of 30 say I don't know, say 10 individuals. It's no longer about the one. The one is no longer as important. And you've got to be willing to cut that tie and to think bigger. You know, it comes back to you what we drilled in at Sanders, team task, individual. You know, you've got to be thinking about is the, is the individual as important or not? There's a task in maintaining the team. And you've got to be willing to make that leap 
And for some people, that's difficult because you're asking people to cut those psychological, um, those, those sort of psychological binds that exist. Okay, because if you're running a small team or running running a, a business, there's a much bigger things at play now. Um, that's the first thing is being willing to cut that. The second thing is get over yourself, get over your ego. And it isn't all about you. So it's like, uh, stop worrying about what they think about you. Because you, you can really tie yourself up in knots. Um, and you won't be effective. And you're not doing anybody any favours. You know. And you, you've got to be willing to, to get over yourself. And you've got to be willing within that to be easy on yourself. You're trying your best. Yeah, but stop obsessing about what people think about you. You're trying your best and that's good enough. So the first one was what? Let, let go of emotional ties. Second one is let, get over yourself. And the third one is if, regarding leadership is, it sounds really boring and bureaucratic, but sort out your administration. So that's basics, project planning, time management. All that is crucial, no longer fly by night, back of the fag packet, it will not work. How you work with one is totally different how you're going to work with much more people. So all the bureaucratic, the administration has to be sorted. Because if you don't, you're going to drop balls like that. So cavalier attitudes do not work. Be organized. I um, don't know if that's worth anything, those three, but... Uh... Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you. And I think that's... I think, that, I think that's really valuable because, again, you know, as we've said, for, for people who are being either promoted, you know, perhaps thinking within an organisation or are looking to move into an organisation where there is more potential for them to take over a team or, or to operate in a, a leadership capacity, you know, it, it is a big switch. And, and, you know, for those who've been operating a sort of a one-man band business to suddenly be looking after two, three, four, like you said, 10 people, it really is a big switch. And you know where where you've been autonomous in your decision making previously you now suddenly have to consider the wants needs values beliefs behaviors of others um and then as you say it can be very easy to then in my experience of, of, of seeing it happen and working mentoring people with it it's either they go too far one way mm -hmm. and they try to make everybody happy and actually when you're trying to make everybody happy you end up making no decisions or you become incredibly auto you go too far the other way and become so autocratic that the team feel like well they're not really a team because actually whatever we say is irrelevant because he or she is going to do whatever they want to do anyway so i think it's that it's finding that balance isn't it on that continuum of of how do i engage build trust rapport and you've like you really hit something because in that day one when you take over i always tell the people that you know start as you mean to continue so you, I often see this mistake that people go in as a leader and try to be mates with everybody. They want to make new best friends. Can't be best friends. But for a very simple reason, you would never, ever probably cut a best friend. But you might have to do that as a leader. Restructuring. I'm letting you go. They're not your friends. They are your team members. Now, you might, I hope you develop a deep, for, um, trusting relationship, but they are not your friends. You get your friends elsewhere. That's a really tough thing when you're moving from one to one. You think you're, you, you've had this friend, but um, 
So I always see that mistake. But equally, as you point out, you can't be autocratic either. You need to bring people with you. Um, but too often, I, it's easier to go from tough to a more relaxed approach. You can't go from relaxed to tough. So like, if you like us, like, and I'm taking you on, like, we're, yeah, we're all best friends. It's all going to be great. And you're thinking, okay, this guy's pretty cool. Might be able to get away with some stuff on the sly. And then two weeks later, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not happy about that. No, no, I'm not used to this. No, so it's very hard to go from light to dark. Okay, it's much, you start off, in my view, then you start off a bit harder and then you gradually relax it when you start to understand people's strengths, capabilities, how much you can give them. Fantastic. Uh, Dr. Simon Taylor, thank you so much for sharing your insights. Uh, we really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Very, very valuable for everybody uh, who is watching this recording. That was Dr. Simon Taylor sharing his insights from the world of military leadership and corporate leadership uh, and some real golden nuggets of information there for people in leadership positions to take away. Um, so, yeah, if you're curious about leadership like I am, then uh, hopefully you'll have, you'll have made a, a lot of notes uh, and there'll be a lot of things there that you can take away and start to action. Don't forget to subscribe to the Curious Leader podcast for more amazing insights from people like Dr. Simon Taylor. Uh, coming up, we've got some incredible guests over the next few episodes um, from sports, from business, uh, from uh, the police service, talking about conflict resolution. So some really, really interesting uh, content uh, and some real, hopefully some real sticking points that a lot of leaders uh, would like some help with to, uh, to manage better and to raise their leadership game. So thanks for listening and I'll see you on the next one. Oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man, oh, you know, man.